0: Hey, and welcome to another episode of The Pop Podcast, your weekly conversation to improve your points of performance in training. I never did gymnastics as a kid, and I think like many CrossFitters, I was in too much of a hurry to learn all the sexy skills, and I tried to skip through the basics as quickly as possible. Our guest this week is one of the owners of LA Gold Gymnastics. I'm a not-so-closet fan of their social media, which showcases young gymnasts who are meticulous with every skill drill and position. As adults, it's time to take note. You'll need to leave your ego at the door on this one, but if you're keen to improve your efficiency in gymnastics, well, there are so many takeaways from how these kids train. time listeners of the podcast will know about my obsession with the young athletes at LA Gold Gymnastics. And I think actually watching these kids do the skills and drills in training has actually been beneficial to my own gymnastics. So let me introduce to you one of the owners of LA Gold Gymnastics, Anastasia. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Hi, well, thank you guys for having me.
0: I have become a bit of a stalker of your page (laughs) and I will admit because of the name when I moved here to LA I thought I'd be able to hunt you down and be able to find you but you're actually from Louisiana (laughs) so tell me about your gym the athletes that you have and the main aims at LA Gold Gymnastics.
1: Yeah absolutely we uh, have actually had a few people Uh, tell us they're like yeah does like LA like Los Los Angeles I'm like no like Louisiana (laughs) Uh, we recently went to a training camp in Las Vegas where uh, people were asking us I was like no no not California sorry
0: (laughs) and too far for me to travel to come and hunt you down so I just have to live vicariously through your social media
1: yeah yeah we'll we'll piece it all together so how long have you been operating and is it just children that you coach Yes, we mostly coach children. Um, we don't have any adult classes or anything like that, but we opened in 2016, so we're, we're pretty new.
0: And you yourself, did you have a background as a gymnast?
1: Yes, so I started gymnastics at the age of seven, um, and I quickly loved it. Um, I got into competitive gymnastics pretty fast after that. It took me about a year or so to get into it. And I was a competitive gymnast from the ages of like 7 to 14. And then um, had injuries and things like that uh, and went right into coaching gymnastics. So I have been coaching ever since then.
0: Now, when I reached out to you, I was telling you about how your videos really inspired me to go back to basics. Uh, which so many adult gymnasts or CrossFitters tend to do. But you said you have a little bit of a twist on the saying, saying going forward to basics. I love that. But can you explain more about that concept?
1: Yeah. um, I think sometimes when, you know, things aren't going well with your athlete or uh, there's something going wrong and you hit a plateau and your coach is like, okay, wait, we're going to take a step back We're going to break down the movement. We're going to go back to the basic positions. It almost seems like it's like a punishment or like a less than, but honestly, it's like a golden opportunity to improve what you're already doing and to get better faster. So it's actually a step in the the right direction, which is forward. So I think that's a really good way to look at it rather than moving backward, which has like a negative connotation but rather forward to basics because I don't think you can really perfect those basics enough.
0: And that's the thing, especially with CrossFitters and most of our listeners, we see all these really cool movements like, you know, well, what we think are cool movements like <laughs> muscle-ups and ring muscle-ups, even though that's just how you guys get on top of the rig. But so often we neglect those fundamental basic positions how does or what does a training week look like for most of your athletes who come in because watching them on social media they're doing so many drills so many well I call it position work but is that the focus before you let them start or develop these more difficult movements
1: um absolutely uh for me, as an athlete, there wasn't as much of a focus on drills and positions and taking the time and the development. So that's actually something I had to learn a lot as a coach. Uh and every time I look back, like when I have a group of athletes, or I look back at the end of a competitive season, and I'm like, what, what can we improve? What went well? What didn't go well? What can we spend more time doing? I never think to myself, man, we like spent way too much time on basics. We didn't have them prepared. It's always, I can always find a way to go back to be like, Hey, this is actually the little piece that we're missing. We needed more time here we needed more time there. Um, They didn't understand the position. So of course, how can I ask them to do it in fast motion? Uh, So that has kind of been a gradual progression as I have learned as a coach and we kind of develop as a gem.
0: What do you mean when you say basics? So like in CrossFit, basics to us are the hollow hold, the arch hold or whatever you want to call it, Superman. Sometimes they call it Superman. But what are the basic fundamentals that we need to learn first or that, you know, we need to go forward to basics to improve our gymnastics?
1: Um Definitely those static positions, are uh, the hollow hold, the arch hold, uh, the handstand. Man, that thing can take forever and ever to develop properly. It's like a never-ending thing. I don't think even gymnasts, you'll see at the Olympic level is they're doing handstand holds, you know, it's, you can't ever do enough handstand work. Um, But to further develop the handstand is figuring out how to maintain a straight body line. Um, So basically the straight, the hollow and, and the arch, and that can be kind of seen throughout all of the events and all the things we do.
0: Riz and I have spent a lot of time lately working on our handstands um, which we didn't really start trying to attempt until our late 20s and early 30s so when I hear you saying that you started at seven I'm so jealous (laughs) and looking at the children too um, I'm so jealous that I didn't start earlier in life but what do you think are the best skills and drills to master handstand work? Um, I mean patience is um, an attribute that you need to have as well. But if you, if we had, you know, three 30 minute blocks a week to try and master the handstand, how would you start to work with, tell us how you'd work with the kids. And I think they would be good tips for us (laughs) in our (laughs) thirties.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you can break it down to its most simplest form. So what is the body position? Um, Just having somebody standing up straight, making sure that their hips are tucked under, that their ribs are put away. A lot of people, especially kids, they're like, "What? I don't even have ribs. Like, what are those things? Let alone I can control them um, separate from the rest of my body. So that takes time to develop. Um, So hips tucked under, ribs tucked in, shoulders fully open. So if somebody is looking at you from the side, that they can draw a straight line right from your feet all the way up to your hands. Um, And just that body awareness itself is hard to do. And we're not even talking about inverting it and turning it upside down and now adding a load to it. So um, we do a whole bunch of variations where we have them um, on their knees and we actually have them sit up, uh, make sure that they understand how to tuck their hips and push their hips open while tucking their ribs in, but also pulling their shoulders open. Uh, For handstands, we always want them to be able to look for their hands or their event that they're on. So a key word I like to say for people to work on their handstands is not to duck their chin in or anything else. I like to say look through the back of your wrists because through the peripheral vision, you can see the floor. um, And that puts your head in a good alignment to be able to keep that straight body position.
0: That's a really good point for me because my head sticks out. Yeah. So I should be looking for my wrists. Yeah. I'm gonna like try the back that tomorrow. of the wrist.
1: Yeah. So because you really, you want full extension. Um, so you want it to be pushed all the way open and that like almost like you, you will tell a kid, like cover your ears. You don't want to see them ever because you want to be as fully extended, like almost someone's taking your hands and pulling you on one side and someone's taking your feet and pulling the other direction. So elongating your whole body.
0: So do you start, obviously, the good thing is when you have kids, they haven't learned all these bad movement happens over (laughs) decades. But do you use the wall or um, are you mainly focusing on being freestanding to, like we say, master the basics out on the floor as opposed to being up on a wall? Because I just know that in CrossFit we just put people up on the wall um, and I think that that can be... A help for some people, but a hindrance
1: for others. Yeah, absolutely. Usually the wall, they, that's like 10 steps forward. We actually use um, like little blocks. So one of the first progressions we'll introduce for like preschoolers or beginners is we actually have them kneel. So where they um bend their knees, put their knees onto a mat or a block or some form. Like we, when we had COVID and all of that going on, we would ask the kids to use the couch. So you can pretty much get that anywhere. Um, well, I'm hoping that our can- listeners now go over to the couch
0: and they can do this too.
1: yeah yeah so you want to make sure that your knees are um towards the edge of the couch then you want to walk your hands in close enough that your hips are directly over the top of your hands and this is enough that the couch is taking body weight away and you're really able to focus on like extending all the way through the shoulders tucking the ribs in um, making sure that they're pushing. And the other part, especially with kids, um, we are hands-on all the time because they don't really know the body parts, they don't feel what's going on. So you really, it's almost kind of funny if you think about it, you're sitting there, you're kind of like poking them, like like I need you to push here and you're checking. You're like, I need you to squeeze my finger to make sure their shoulders are fully extended. And you do that for a very, very, very long time until they're able to hold that position. Maybe we start with five seconds and then we go to 10 seconds and 15 and 20. Um, So that's the very first progression is a tuck handstand where their knees are on a mat. Once they can figure that out and they're like able to get in the shape, they know what I'm asking for, they're looking through the back of their wrists, they're pushing, then I would have them straighten their legs. So they're more in a pike. They would flex their feet and use the block. Um, So their legs are piked. their booty is right over the top of their hands, and now there's more body weight that they're having to hold up. And that would be kind of the next progression that we're looking for them to do. Um, After that, we would go on to single leg. They would lift one leg and do a hold and make sure they can maintain the proper body position. Then they would do the other leg and do a hold. And only then would we kind of allow them to start working on the wall and doing handstands.
0: This is so beneficial to so many of our listeners because... (laughs) They walk into a CrossFit gym and they wonder why they can't do something. What? How long does it take some of these kids? And I think this is a really good point even for myself who's being really hard on myself <laughs> who, you know, for the last six months I've been working to get my press to handstand and I just can't, you know, it's a lot slower than I thought it was going to be. Is that because like is this a, is this years and years and years before kids are mastering a handstand we have to remember too that kids learn things a lot easier than adults too they
1: do um sometimes it's the like body weight proportion ratio um for some kids that there's a little bit easier but it is absolutely yours in the works uh there are gymnasts like that you will watch on tv or in college or doing these amazing things that they they maybe don't have the right proportions or they can't do a press handstand so um that's just things to keep in mind to, to see how is my goal kind of reasonable? Where am I at?
0: I think another takeaway from everything you were talking about uh, earlier is the benefits of spotting and with adults, we tend to spot them for a little bit and then expect that they'll be able to do it. But say a five-year-old comes and starts working with you, are you spotting them throughout their entire journey so they can feel it in their body?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, That's actually something that I love doing. I like working with uh, the younger kids and developing them because that takes years. Um, It takes a lot of time to develop the coordination, the understanding, the positions. So you want to be as hands-on as possible. You almost don't want to let them do anything kind of on their own um, because that's kind of when things go a little bit crazy. So you want to have as much hands-on as possible with them so they really understand what it is that you're asking of them.
0: For, I, again, I know that you mainly teach children, but you're an experienced gymnast yourself. Say a friend of yours comes and says, I want to get into gymnastics. I'm 25, never done anything before in my life. Where do you start?
1: Um, it's kind of funny because we, uh, had this same kind of scenario with my husband. He was like, oh, I absolutely, I have always wanted to be a gymnast. Uh, I, (laughs) I thought that that's what I wanted to do as a kid and I just kind of never got into it. So I would say the handstand, handstand positions. It's not fun. It's not super attractive and appealing, but those, um, pipe handstands and those tuck handstands. Because ultimately, you have to be able to have the strength and body control to hold yourself up. Um, Because a lot of times, if you don't, don't, that's where you're going to see the things breaking down in the actual skills. If you just go up there and you try a cartwheel, you're going to have your head sticking out, your belly out, your legs all crazy. You can't figure out how to actually turn all the way upside down to vertical because you don't know what vertical is.
0: Oh, absolutely! Uh, so now I'm intrigued. Is, does your husband do gymnastics
1: now? Well, he doesn't, but uh, I have taught him. So I have taught him a handstand, a cartwheel, and I've even taught him a backflip into the pit, which is like foam. But uh, it's and I can say it is so much teaching, so much easier teaching a beginner from scratch than uh, working with somebody who has some bad habits. So it's actually been really fun.
0: What would you say is the best way to approach it? Say for, I'm thinking of, you know, any of our listeners out there who you've struck a chord with them and they think, okay, I want to work on my handstand. Is there something they can do three times a week for 20 minutes to start that process?
1: Yeah, I would absolutely. First, um, I would want to check on some mobility work because um, in gymnastics, we want to be able to get a perfect straight body line um, where the wrists and then we have the shoulders right up on top and then the hips and so on. So a lot of times you'll see a lack of either development in the upper back. Um, so we're not as strong there or we can't activate it or will have tightness in the chest and the lats where you don't have a full range of motion for the arms. So like if you sit there and you're, could you keep your ribs tucked in and your back flat up against a wall and raise your hands all the way over your head? Cause if you can't do it unloaded, you just don't even have that range of motion. It's not um, something that you're going to do now and you add weight to it. So that would be kind of the first check is for you to sit in a pike Um, with your back flat up against a wall and hold a bar about shoulder width and see like how far can I lift that bar can I lift the bar all the way to the wall while keeping my back flat and then if you can do that okay then we're going to flip our grip and we're going to have our hands backwards and our thumbs facing us and under grip and we're going to lift that bar as well and like can I get there that way or my lats too tight so that's one part of it is making sure we have the proper range of motion. Um, the other part would be to make sure that you're strong enough. So um, developing those tuck handstands, those pike stands, doing lots of holds, the mind to body connection. So none of this is like the super fun, <laughs> awesome stuff. But uh, that's kind of where you would start. We're all
0: about the not sexy stuff. Yeah, it's just not. (laughs) Because that's what's make you better. And the more that you do the non-sexy stuff, you realise, hey, this is actually helping the skills that I'm trying to do. And the thing is in CrossFit as well, we're trying to walk on our hands and do a handstand push-up. So if we don't have those fundamental good positions in a handstand, we're setting ourselves up for failure towards the back end of that kind of stuff as well I wanted to ask you um with the a lot of your girls seem to be well the girls have boys uh, seem to be working on the bar muscle up um and really beautiful positions there um where do you start with anyone who wants to start a bar muscle up because again I've I've used some of your drills so I want to um yeah ask you about those perfect positions that you really need to master to get that beautiful kip and make that that bar muscle up look effortless
1: oh man it's hard I'm not even gonna lie to you I've been doing this for years and every year I'm like oh my goodness like this is such a struggle even though we've laid all this foundation work um, I think patience is key even if you have all of those things in place um, you're doing all the drills all the things it's a really hard skill because the timing um, of it you have to be able to repeat that timing over and over again um, and the strength developed for it. So uh, you can just kind of be wing it and hoping for the best. <laughs> so we start with just the swinging positions um, and we'll go on to um, just learning how to push and lean. And all of the drills and all of the pieces, it takes about two years them to kind of get it. And uh, we work on it for a long time. And even then, we still have some kids that don't quite have it well, and it hasn't clicked for them. And I don't think you can rush that process. Uh, every single person is different. Every single kid is different. So Ah, oh,
0: I love that because we as adults expect that it's an exchange, you know, we put in a little bit of work, and we want immediate gratification. But hearing that children, again, whose bodies and minds are so moldable, it's taking them two years to perfect these perfect positions. I think that there's people and listeners that we have out there who need to hear that and be kinder on themselves. Because um, again, I see you working with these children. And they're doing like the swinging positions over and over and over again. Is it a process if you don't let them move on until they have mastered every single step in the process?
1: Um, yes. For the most part, that is the deal. Like if they can't do the first part, maybe the jump or the swing correctly, they're, they're not set up to do the rest of it well. There's no way that the timing will be right, the swing will be right, their positions will be right, or that they can even generate enough swing to do a good kip. Um, so we do spend a lot of time on the drills and the pieces. Maybe every once in a while, like, we'll do drills the whole practice, or we do pieces the whole practice, and we're like, okay, you can try one by yourself, or two by yourself, you know, see where you are. And you can see them over time, they, they start getting it, and things start clicking, Um, and that's a skill that it, maybe it clicks for one turn and it's kind of like luck, you know, and it's finding a way to be able to repeat it because it's timing, um, with strength. So it's, it's, it is a really, really challenging skill.
0: Are all of the children that you coach uh, training to be elite gymnasts? Like what does their training schedule look like week to week?
1: Um, no, actually, most of our gymnasts don't have that goal. Um, maybe some of them aspire to be a college gymnast, but not even that. Their goals tend to be like, I just want to do the best I can and get the furthest I can. Um, so it isn't even really super high level athletes or super high level goals that we're dealing with. Um, that, that surprises me because I watch them
0: and I think that they're fabulous. I think I might be their biggest fan.
1: Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> we appreciate it greatly. Uh, yeah, that's a really big one for me um, as a coach for, is to empower them to kind of give them the tools to go as far as they want to go and as much as they want to continue in this sport. Uh, we kind of do regular check ins on like goals. What do you want to do? Are you, is this still the right path for you? Um, why are you doing this? Like, what is your motivation behind that stuff? Because uh, for a lot of those kids, it's it's a multitude of different things, um, and a lot of them don't have goals to be a super super high level gymnast.
0: That's crazy. How long are they coming in to train each week, hour
1: wise? So um, most of our girls that are working on, like, kipping and things like that, they come in, let me think, like, anywhere from, like, 12 to 15 hours a week.
0: Yeah, so they're still pretty committed. Yeah,
1: yeah. They come in four days a week.
0: Was it hard for you to make that transition from athlete to coach, or was it something – I'm asking this on behalf of Riz (laughs) because she uh, balances being quite a competitive weightlifter with being a coach as well. And she loves both. Was that a tough transition for you?
1: Um, For me personally, it was because I almost felt like my athletic career didn't quite go the way I wanted it to go. Um, I, had like unfinished business or like i didn't reach my personal potential so it definitely took a second to kind of get out of that and transition into like i want to help these children be the best that they could be um but now that i'm at that place it's really hard to like go back and be like you know i want to do my gymnastics like i don't go and play in the gym and do just stuff for me because it isn't about me anymore but it was definitely um, a transition that took years.
0: Yeah, it's tough when a, for a lot of people, their identity is wrapped up in being
1: the athlete themselves. Do you still do any training, or? So I I just do. I'll do some like running. I'll do some weightlifting. Um, nothing, n- even gymnastics specific. Honestly, um, after. I was done with gymnastics and as I got into fitness and things like that, I really got into weightlifting and I enjoyed that. Um, but it also ties in with kind of my love for the basic positions and (laughs) improving the, the basic things. So, um, that, that's pretty much all I do. I want to
0: ask you then a lot of people, a lot of gymnasts find it easy to make that transition to weightlifting Was that the case for you? And what do you think it is about the two sports? Is it simply just body awareness?
1: Um, I do think it's body awareness. I think a lot of times they're pretty open to being coached um, Mm. and like cues and what what you should think of, what you should feel. But at the same time, we kind of joke a lot. And on our sport, it's still, it's becoming more and more normalized to do weightlifting. Uh, especially as development and strength and as a add on to gymnastics training, but it's still kind of a taboo thing. And there are a lot of people that are like, Oh no, 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 you don't do that. So um, it's, it's funny because a lot of the movement patterns and things like that are the same. So Mm. it's, it's kind of getting the gymnast to understand the two pieces
0: Speaking of taboos, (laughs) with weightlifting and gymnastics, they're core components of CrossFit. Does it frustrate you or or what do you think about how CrossFitters approach gymnastics? Do you like the way that it's exposing more adults to gymnastics or do you think we've kind of butchered it? (laughs) Um,
1: A little bit of both, honestly. Um, I like the exposure to the sport for sure but it almost is like, have you ever watched like a beautiful Olympic level routine on TV? And you're like, oh, my gosh, that just looks so easy. I could do that. And you just like decide to get up on your living room floor and try to do just one of the turns they did. And it is, in fact, not the case. So um, I think maybe understanding and giving it the respect that it, it's owed um, there's It's pretty complex, and simple does not mean easy. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that you can take away from this sport. Simple is actually really, really challenging to do the simple things really, really well. So um, those that kind of understand it and spend the time and really take the time to develop it, I think that's wonderful. But it can definitely be a bad thing if you're just trying to throw something you're just trying to go for it, and now you're injured. You are doing incorrect movement patterns, so you're having kind of overuse injuries and things like that. So it just kind of depends on the approach.
0: I think that's such a good point. And I, I, I must admit, when I first started CrossFit, I was of the latter. You know, I just <laughs> wanted to be able to do all these things, and it's only in the past 6 to 12 months that I've really – I'm going to use your term again, gone forward to basics where I've started to have a new appreciation. And the more and more you focus on these fundamentals, like you said, they're very simple skills, but they make the more difficult things easier because you're using your body in the correct way. Uh, How do you develop some of these drills for the children and even for adults who stalk your Instagram page, myself being the guilty one? But some of these drills are so helpful. Do you come up with them yourself or are you following what other coaches are doing?
1: Oh, I mean, I, I wish I could sit here and be like, oh, yeah, that's, that is all me. I take credit for everything. <laughs> but uh, no, I spend um, a lot of time on education, educating myself, um, using resources, watching videos, watching people that I look up to, what they're doing, what they're emphasizing. The hard part about drills, though, I would say one person, one person's setup and one person's athlete um, and how they're doing the drill doesn't mean it's going to directly translate to somebody else. So you kind of have to dig a little deeper and think, like, what am I actually trying to achieve with this drill? Like, what is the purpose? Because especially with social media and, like, it's wonderful thing, But you can get on there and you can search all these drills, all these YouTube videos, all these things. But if you don't actually understand the point and the main concept of what they're doing, um, you're just going to kind of be frustrated and and not really getting anywhere because no one's gym is exactly the same. No one's athletes are exactly the same. So you have to understand what is the main point points and how can I set this up so that it it worked when I'm trying to work with my athlete. That is, again,
0: such a good point because I think, especially as adults, a lot of us, you know, we have a certain time frame and we want to get the most bang for our buck when we go into the gym. So we've got three sets of 10 of this drill, 10 of this drill, and 10 of this drill. And I'm guilty of it, like just rushing through it and not clearly looking at the intent of everything that I'm doing. Do you uh, work with any other coaches to train the kids at LA Gold or is it just yourself?
1: Um, yeah, we have um, multiple coaches. Some of us are working with just our competitive team. And then, of course, we have um, a staff that is also like preschool, recreational classes and things like that. But it's, it's a team effort. We really ask – no one is like the hero. No one knows it all. I think the more I learn, the more I realize how much I don't know, um, how much I can do better, how much more I can emphasize on this one thing. So it's it's absolutely a team effort. We are always like, hey, if if, if I'm not getting this, can you come look at this? Like, what do you think? What are your words? Because it's, it's so funny. We have a joke you'll be telling a kid the same correction over and over and over again. And somebody else will come by and they'll be like, oh, yeah, well, straighten your arms. And the kid does it. And you're like, I've been saying that for a year, you know? <laughs> and it's it's really funny, but uh, it kind of just goes back to you never know how they're going to respond or what works for one person. So it's it's absolutely a team effort.
0: I'm only laughing because that happens so much in a CrossFit gym as well. Um, And I ask that question because I think so often coaches who are coaching adults feel like they need to have all the answers and working with other coaches how beneficial that can be. And also, like you said, sometimes, and I know Riz is very good at this, a cue that you might say, especially like pulling your ribs down, that's been a real new concept to me. But saying it in different ways sometimes, you're saying the same thing, but it might be struggling to get through to an athlete, so kind of taking a few different approaches.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think that's my new like, life mission is, you know, um, I would never use 10,000 different drills in different ways to help an athlete at once, but I want to know 10,000 because they're gonna come in handy. I I call them like like tools in a toolbox, you know? You wanna collect as many as you can. How can you say this, this way? Maybe you can introduce it differently. Maybe you can call it something else. Um, The the limit does not exist with with cues and things like that.
0: (laughs) It's like that line from Mingos, the limit does not exist. It does not. The limit does not exist. (laughs) I feel like you do have so many tools in your tool, toolbox. Um, any other concepts that you have? Like I love that saying, going forward to basics. Do you have any others that you kind of throw around that hmm. form the ethos of LA Gold or, or just even you as a coach? I, I, I'm i sure I do. I have tons. <laughs> and as soon as this chat finishes, you'll think Yo, of, yeah, all of all them of straight them straight away. All
1: of them. Um, yeah, I just... A really, really big one is, like, your why. Why should you spend um, all this time doing these handstand positions? Like, just working on your rib control, your extension, where you're looking. Um, that That's a big one is, I think, making sure that the kids understand. I remember going to a Congress, which is, like, an educational type um, event for gymnastics coaches. This coach was like, well, they're little, you can, uh, you just put them through it. Like you don't waste time, you know, talking about it, explaining what you're doing. You just put them through it. And I was like, ah, okay. But like, no, no, like, that's not how that works. Because I think if they can understand why they're doing it and why it's important, you get that buy-in from them. And the intentional effort from them and is like, okay, um, maybe I'm not making my handstand on bars because of my body position and this, this thing is going wrong. So when they go down to the floor bar and maybe they're working it as a station or something before they take their next turn, they're way more intentional and focused on what they're doing. So um, understanding why all those little things are important. Uh, we never ever have our kids do something that they don't understand. It's never like a force or a punishment or the. Like, our coach just had this like crazy idea to try this thing. Um, it's definitely with a purpose, and with the purpose is to improve and help them.
0: Most of our listeners are adults <laughs> <laughs> and uh, adult CrossFitters. If there's one thing you could instill in them to improve their gymnastics, remembering that gymnastics are just part of their training, what would that one be? One takeaway from your experience, years of experience, not only as a gymnast but also as a coach?
1: I would uh, ask, like, what, what are they trying to do better, you know? Why, what is their goal? Is it a movement pattern issue um, is it a strength in one certain part issue, uh, to where they can really figure out what it is that they need to improve. And then the second part would be like, well, how are you going to improve it? You know, uh, what are things you can do? Uh, maybe it's doing like a few things on the side before doing the main movement pattern. Maybe it's spending like five minutes before you try to do kips uh, on kit positions or handstands and handstand positions. It's, it's little things, but over time they just add up. I
0: heard a quote this week and it's drilled into my mind because I love it so much. Little by little, a little becomes a lot. And it's so true. If you're doing a tiny little bit every day, well, by the end of the week, you've done seven little bits and that's actually like a big lot, you know, (laughs) and you underestimate the little things that you can do that will see you improve.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I actually struggle with that with my athletes. Um, I have to sit down and multiple times show them like that exponential curve of just improving that 1% every day. And no, you're not going to notice your flexibility improve or mobility improve or strength improve. But if you understand what you're trying to get to, if it's a quality, um, drill, movement pattern, strength program, whatever it is, if, if you continue to do it, you are going to see it, but that takes time. Um, so for me, the biggest part is for, for them to understand, to buy into the process of that, because it isn't fun and it isn't exciting to do that 1% a day improvement, um, And it can be very frustrating.
0: What I find fascinating is even though you are so skilled at teaching children, everything that you are saying is so applicable to the people in my gym or even myself. And I think these are the the reminders. So I'm so excited for our listeners to dwell on all these points. And even I know there'll be a lot of takeaways for them. Before you go, though, I need to ask you, you've got years experience, not only as a coach, but as an athlete, surely you have a gym fail. Is there something from your career that you can remember going into the gym that just went, you know,
1: haywire? Oh, um, man, we have had, I, I guess you asked me about this gym fail. And all I can think about is one of our gymnasts, Um, there's a mount where you jump off a springboard and you kind of do like a split jump and you land on one foot on the beam and we were working with mounts and different things and trying new things and she was like oh my god this is clicking like I get it so uh we go we go to video it and I mean she like her foot slips and she like eats the beam (laughs) and it was like that was it I'm done (laughs) I'm never trying it again, but um, it was just hilarious. We laugh about it still. (laughs) But... uh, Does she still have all her teeth? She does have all her teeth. (laughs) She was not hurt, but the video, the video remains as proof.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's the best when there's video evidence, but I'm also going to ask you to recap. So before we, when we had our little pre-chat chat, you said it was hard to find a gym fail because... Part of being a successful gymnast is failing a lot before you get it, before you go. Can you just kind of explain that concept too? It's okay to fail.
1: Yeah, I think that is one of the reasons, like one of the main reasons I continue to, to do this and coach and have a gym and because there's so many hard parts, but I think there's something that's priceless to teaching young people that they can fail and they're going to fail. And like, that is part of the process. And to like, they fall on their face, they they mess up their hand slips, and they're like, Oh, I'm okay. That's fine. And they understand that that's just part of the process of getting it. And to me, as a person, there, there's nothing more rewarding than that, because that's, that's life. And when else are you going to be exposed to that so early on? Um, And that's part of why I think the sport is so great.
0: Our boy, James Clear, he's an author and we talk about him all the time, but he has a saying, I'm not failing. I'm just in the process of succeeding and how valuable for those children and even adults as a CrossFit coach, I see it all the time. All of those failures add up, which makes the success so much more rewarding as well.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's, it's a struggle. Um, We, you, you'll see, especially as children, Uh, this will be something that maybe for their first time in their life, they're failing for the first time in their life. They went to a competition and they, they messed everything up. They fell. Uh, It didn't go their way. They didn't do it at all how it went in practice and realizing that like, you know, it's okay. You're going to move on. Like you're going to be okay from this. It's not the end of the world. That that is huge because so many people are afraid to take that step because they don't know what the other side looks like.
0: If people want to know where to find you, where to watch some of these skills and drills and to, to learn more, uh, what's the best way for them to get in touch?
1: Yeah, they, they can find us on Instagram or Facebook at LA Gold Gymnastics. Um, feel free to send us messages ask questions drills send over videos we want to help as much as we can
0: thanks for joining us again this week as always head to the points of performance podcast instagram page to keep in touch send us topics gym fails and maybe even some suggestions of guests we should reach out to riz will be back next week we will both catch up on the next one